0: Oh, and a very good morning to you. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Heels. How's everyone. the batching going? You know, Paddy, yeah, pretty solid, I reckon. What are we into uh, about a week and a half? What was for dinner last night at uh, Shea Healy? Two-minute noodles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a bit of spice in them.
0: <laughs> Lovingly prepared. <laughs>
1: yes, quickly prepared. Uh, yeah, no, stuff. Everywhere.
0: Is uh, the Darling Bride showing any interest in your welfare or is she just sending you photos of her cruising through oh, the Sahara yeah. Desert with Sahara, all her friends?
1: Yeah, Sahara <laughs> Desert, like yesterday, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, a bit of everything, a bit of both. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's left a message. She found a Wi-Fi spot in Morocco okay. And so she dropped me a message. Of course, I'm having trouble with my message bank. My message has come in about a day later. Mm. And so I uh, got that this morning and uh, she'll... Be giving me a call when she gets to Fizz," she said.
0: Well, at least you got through, which is uh, more than we can say about Mitchell Stark. To his wife, couldn't
1: couldn't track it down.
0: Took took quite a while. Eventually yeah. tracked it down. Yes, but uh, there were quite a few calls went unanswered. Yeah, and uh, allowed to have your phone. Uh, M Stark has uh, has admitted that uh, apparently they were kicked out of Newlands. <laughs>
1: <Eventually>. oh, finally, <laughs> yeah. there's a photo in the paper today that's sort of uh, very sunny. So I was wondering whether it was sunrise <laughs> the next but, morning. But the, the game at 11 o'clock our time, that's sort of like 2 o'clock start, mm. Newlands time. So it could have been the evening sun, I reckon, yeah. where uh, about four or five of the girls and Shelly Nishki got the World Cup out on the field. Mm. And it looked very sunny. I was wondering whether that was uh, sunset or sun rise. So
0: as we all know, the uh, the Australians are uh, entitled to celebrate and apparently today is going to be another day of celebrations for them after winning their sixth World T20 title and their third in a row. Uh, a nice piece in News Limited. So it's pieces, nine th-
1: o'clock at night, so they've already had a day of celebration after the event. Yeah, yeah so they've that. had another Righto. one
0: today, yeah. Um, nice piece in News Limited p- uh, papers today about why they weren't nominated for the Laureus World Sports Award, which... Uh, They said it's a disgrace, and I've got to agree. Yeah, why? Why wouldn't? Well, I don't
1: know. I mean, is there a uh, does Australian cricket have to nominate them, and they didn't, or uh, does the world have to pick them up? Well, I would have thought that uh, Laureus is
0: is world famous for you know what they do as far as uh, in a charity space, and then also how they name their you know their finalists, and I would imagine they'd do that. I mean why would Australian cricket have to nominate? Surely if Laureus is the body that it claims to be, um, Mm. they would be aware of what this Australian women's cricket team has done.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a snub, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's a couple of lines in this piece saying it it makes a mockery of one of the most prestigious awards in world sport. So anyway, look, the ICC has named their most valuable team and includes four Aussies. Alyssa is there. Ash Gardner, player of the tournament, is there. Darcy Brown, Megan Shoot. No Mooney, no Lanning, Perry. So, and what team is that? That's the ICC's most valuable team of the World T20. So they've, they've named it today. So the four Aussies were in, are in uh, Alyssa as opener and wicketkeeper. Uh, Ash Gardner, who, as we mentioned, is player of the tournament. And Darcy Brown and Megan Short. Hmm. are the well, four I, that made it.
1: I wonder, Beth Mooney mustn't have started very well or something. She held us together towards the end. Yeah, didn't she ever? Yeah, so someone else in other teams must have really played great. They're calling them the Immortals
0: now as a follow-up and a little play on words from Bradman's Invincibles. Oh, I saw what you
1: did there. Copy (laughs) the word from 1948. (laughs) Yeah. A little play on words.
0: Let's let's listen to Meg Lanning on uh, winning the World Cup.
2: Oh, it's it's amazing. It's sort of just starting to, to sink in now, really. Uh, it was a very special day. Uh, New Orleans is an incredible venue uh, to play cricket at. And, yeah, just to be part of this group is is really special. And, um, you know, to, to look at what we've been able to achieve over the last sort of five years in particular, um, yeah, is, is pretty incredible.
1: I so guess she brought it back to five years because that's her term as the captain and that's where mm. they've been lifting her trophies. But, yeah, that team's been 15 years. Mm. You know, they've been winning World Cups for,
0: and as we keep saying, uh, the generation next. It seems like this dynasty is in very, very safe hands, doesn't yes, it?
1: It certainly does. Talia McGrath is one of the players uh, to, that that has uh, excited everyone. Annabelle Sutherland, uh, Darcy Brown. There's a there's a good stockpile behind the main ones as well. So, um, yep, it's looking good. They're doing well.
0: Yeah.
1: Coaching staff has just turned over, and. Even further strengthen this unit.
0: Yep. What do you think? Are they the best team ever? 13 Brighton Homes Open Line. Or you can text us on 0467 736 736. Don't forget Brighton are locking in your price until 2024. What a deal that is. Giving you the confidence to build your dream home today. So Brighton Homes Open Line, 13 Or that text line 0467 736 736. So in between trying to get hold of his wife uh, in South Africa. Uh, Mitch Stark uh, was the designated hitter for the Australians as they lead into the third test tomorrow in indoor. Um, He he admits he will be playing through some pain. This finger injury is still not 100%.
1: It wouldn't be the first
3: test match I've played in some sort of discomfort. If I only played when I was 100%, I'd probably play five or ten
1: tests. I'm pleased to hear it uh, quoted as discomfort, not pain Mm. so much. Pain's a, an interesting one, isn't it? Like uh, he, So it's a tendon injury that probably came off the bone of his middle finger mm. a month ago. Uh, he had 10 days off and he's been bowling with it. So they, he, it mustn't be going to get worse. But why is it still painful? But it's it's just a bit of discomfort. With I'm happy to hear that word rather than pain. Yeah. Well, the, will it, it, it might jeopardise England. And if it jeopardises any further, it's jeopardised two tests – by not being able to play when they thought he might be right for the second, mm. and and it does get worse, he might have had, should have had surgery, surgery did, wow. reattach that uh, tendon, and be perfect for England.
0: Well, he'll be back. That's the way it seems at the moment, and he'll take an enhanced leadership role, obviously, with Pat Cummins at home. So, he he also spoke on on Pat Cummins uh, remaining in Australia with his with his ailing mother.
3: Having been through a similar similar situation recently, it's, it's um,
1: oh, I guess it's a hard place to be trying to get your head around playing international cricket. Oh, you can't be there. No, of
0: course he can't be. He's no. got to be home with his mum.
1: And as Starkey said there, you know, his father Paul passed uh, quite quite suddenly uh, within mm. a year. And uh, he, he was playing at the request of Dad and uh, was nowhere, mentally. Yeah. Hey, there was a, a beautiful moment in this Test match in New Zealand, which
0: has been a riveting match, by the yes. way. Uh,
1: Big day today.
0: Yeah, they still need a couple of hundred. wouldn't mind England. seeing them
1: two for 48. I yeah. think they're one for 48. They, are. they? yeah. Just another wicket.
0: But uh, we haven't heard a lot from Pat Cummins, rather uh, aside from the fact that we know that his mum is in, in palliative care, but there was a stirring rendition from the Barmy Army's Trumpeter yesterday. So... They're across all things in world (laughs) sport, and and they they know that for all the barbs that they send Australia's way uh, during test matches, they were thinking of the Australian skipper. And there was a a stirring rendition of Maria from their trumpeter, from West Side Story, uh, yesterday, and it, it, it evoked a reaction from the Australian skipper. Don't wobble your
1: head you? here. You've got no idea. I can't you believe it. knock you... us out a bar or two of Maria? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Paddy? I just met a girl called Maria. Yeah, yeah, it's a famous song from West Side Story. So why didn't the Barmiomi
1: sing it <laughs> as well? They sing every other thing, don't they? So I was They Probably like you shore. didn't know the words. No, I wouldn't know the words. I want to hear them. Well, Pat
0: has, has tweeted that it was just amazing. He said uh, his mum has seen it and she loved watching yeah. it. So, look... Yeah, the, the divide between the Barmy Army and uh, every other rival team uh, broken down uh, yesterday in New Zealand. So no, was, I don't think there's a divide now.
1: anymore. But but uh, yeah, that certainly transcends the sport. Great effort, yeah. magnificent.
0: Hey, yeah, uh, one of the most popular things that we have on social media, of course, is you selecting your nope. teams for the uh, respective matches and. Yep. Uh, I see this uh, KL Rahul uh, in a little bit of danger. That the, the Indian top order has been under a bit of pressure. They're saying that this could be the time now, with the series done and dusted as far as India is concerned, that KL Rahul, the vice captain, is moved aside for Shubman Gill, the, the youngster, the 23-year-old.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. I sort of sense that might have even happened prematurely last test. They've just got to get Gill in there because he's you know he's the next Kohli. Mm. So. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how patient they are. One more or go now?
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. They have released their squads for the third and fourth test matches. Kale Rahul's there, but he's not listed as vice captain. Righto. So, you know, the conspiracy theorists uh, are all reading into hello, it's time for the youngster to come in and maybe take a permanent place in this top order of the side, which is probably only a Increases the pain for Australia. <laughs> the well, you might anyway. get
1: them on a you know little off day. They, they might not. They might just think it's going to happen, and boom, boom we pounce. Mm.
0: Hey, for the Gold Coast Titans, it's takeover day on SEN, and we're going to chat to the Titans CEO Steve Mitchell. So much to talk about as far as the uh, the new season is concerned. At the Bronx yesterday, Pat Carrigan was talking. Um, and he's talking about, in particular, the, the loss of Flegler and Farnworth after this season. They're two big, big departures and they're both strong mates of Paddy Carrigan. To be honest,
2: I think it's a lot of like, a bit like a business and, mate, I don't begrudge anyone where they go, but um, yeah, it's tough. Obviously, they're, they're two of my close mates and, you know, when you come through together playing as kids, you never really expect them to leave, but um, like I said, everyone's got their own kind of um, motivations and, and different things and families to look after. and. Um, you know, for me, it just put it all on the line for 2023. It's, um, I'm hanging out to have a really good year to send those two off and Keenan off. And like I said, three of my good mates and hopefully we can, um, yeah, end this year as they in um, it.
0: Yeah, they're talking about 800k a year for Flegler and Carrigan, obviously by the raps
1: that he gave him yesterday, believes mm-hmm. he's worth it. Yeah, you worried at all about the environment at the Broncos this year with those moving next year?
0: Well, look, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of this, I've got to say, and I quite like this new, what they're proposing with, the, you know, try and put the CBA to bed with the, the June 30 is, is the time when they can start to move. I don't know, you'd have a far better idea than me. I mean, you've played in, in the absolute peak level of professional team environments, and and I know it's probably a bit different to cricket. I mean, you were at the zenith playing test cricket for so long, but... Yeah, in a in a club team environment, knowing that a mate is going at the end of next year or in the end of this season, uh, I don't know. It, it just it seems a little strange to me. Mm-hmm. You would want them to be at their very best mentally, which they say they are. They always say they are. Of course, you know. My focus is the Broncos for twenty twenty three. Yes. I'm, I don't know. Does it stay in the back of their head? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm
1: trusting them. I'm trusting Flegler and uh, Farnworth to be able to do that job. There's just so much to play for. Origin spots, uh, further improvement by the Broncos, um, and I think where things could break down if one of them gets a qu- quite a debilitating injury, mm. that might break down a little. T- you know, you mightn't work as hard to get yourself back on the field, yeah. but but uh, or if you lose your spot through form, but. Yeah, I know. I'm trusting them. They they should be able to hold it together well. All right,
0: stack to talk about today, and we'd love to hear from you. As I said, that Brighton Home's open line is 1313.55. Or the text line is 0467 736 736. Speaking of ledgers, so is this young man. Queensland is your place to race this year. The action continues this week right across the sunny state. Visit racingqueensland.com.au, dot au and it'll be a huge weekend for Queensland Racing, spearheaded by Ben Thompson. Now, ladies and gentlemen, officially a group one winning jockey oh, betting. Oh, very it. good morning, mate. Good morning, Pat. Congratulations. We were so wrapped for you. No, thank
2: you very much. It's um
0: obviously a very special and
2: and incredibly lucky for it to for it to uh to have an opportunity in a group one and let alone win one so it's a, a huge thrill.
0: Well, you know, Heels and I are claiming to be a good luck charm. You did an interview with us last <laughs> week, saying that there were 31 Group One rides. Uh, your best result was a second. The minute you come on our show, have, have a have a look. The drought is broken.
2: Yeah, tell you what, the next the next Group One I ride, and we're gonna have to make sure of it. Chat um, <laughs> a couple of days beforehand again. So. <laughs> Uh, well, not change anything, well, but, this, um, no, I it's
1: it, yeah. This connection with Uncommon James of yours, is it's you know, something special? Like, you've got that with the horse. I think you're four from four, and then, uh, and then a jockey or two couldn't ride it, which might, which put you on it. That's all pretty, uh, yeah. surreal,
2: eh? It, it sure is. He it's, you could say it was, it, it was meant to be. And, um, yeah, he is a horse that I've had a, a lot to do with and, um, yeah, rode him pretty much since day one. When he was first racing prep with Stephen and and Matt Hoisted, uh, he I rode him in his first ever his first ever jump out of the barriers and um, yeah, to pardon him, I didn't ride him in his first start. His first start was at the Gold Coast on a Saturday and I, I wasn't riding at the meeting, so I, I rode him his uh, second, third, and fourth and um, were able to yeah win at each, each of those and it was um oh, I was awesome to get back on him on on the big stage. He'd, he'd, Obviously, you're not a Group One horse until you win one. But he, would always shown a stack of ability, and and better yet, to to do it on a horse for um Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoysted, who are, who um have been a huge supporter of mine since making the move north.
0: Now I know one person who was particularly pr- proud because I saw her tweet. Your wife, uh, the lovely Steph, she's just she was so rapt for you, wasn't she, mate?
2: Oh, she was. She um I had it was great. I had my mum and little sister there on the day, and. As soon as I we made it, I weighed well, out, made it official, and and uh, just for the presentation, I was able to quickly speak to Steph, and there wasn't many words, just tears. But uh it's um obviously it's it's as it's as much for her as it is for me, and um she she makes yeah my life as good as can be, and it's um yeah we're both we're both yeah over the moon, so. It's uh, and speaking of her. It's actually her birthday today, so oh, um, it's,
1: it's been a big month. Oh, happy birthday, Steph! Um, the run, mate. Like how, how did it feel? And obviously, uncommon James felt pretty good on the day and, and on that big stage. And then, how did the run feel?
2: Yeah, it, it it panned out so well. He was he was he was he was feeling a treat. He was he looked he looked a million dollars. And just remember having ridden him in the past, he's always been, you know, he's, he's a, a race horse. He's there and he, he knows what his job is. But he was um he and beautifully. The guy's really relaxed. But just waiting behind the barriers, he was he was quite towy and and getting pretty excited. And the lady that was on the pony, Charlotte Littlefield, um, doing media for Channel Seven, she asked, oh, how he's feeling?" I said, "He's crazy." I said, "He feels a treat," and he come out and raced accordingly. He jumped super we able to negotiate the wide draw pretty quickly and get across to a spot pretty much sharing sharing second with IME on his own terms. Uh, Zeus style set a slick tempo and um, was all a few lengths in front of us. My guy still travelled really nice. He there's obviously that the dip uh, that we hit the bottom of it 100 meters into the straight coming out of the shoot there at Sandown and he travelled really good down there, which can bring a lot of horses unstuck mm-hmm. and. Um, I just albeit we like will chase in a really good tempo, I got to, there's a steward's tower on the outside <laughs> rail, which is at, off, off that longer course, the 280, and I still knew I had horse passing it, and that's when I got excited, and, um, hey, you know, he done the rest.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic, mate. You're, as you said, your mum and your sister were there. Hey, they're, they're talking about the new market now, one of the great sprints in world racing. Um, hopefully you keep the ride, do you?
2: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I think so. He goes wherever he goes now. I um, yeah, hope that I'm on board. He he's from all reports. He's pulled up, pulled up a treat, and uh, there's, I think they're still obviously the, the whole way along, and with all their horses, um, no matter what the level they are, they always put their horses first. Stephen Matt and and are guided by them what what their next move is. So he may go there. We may see him in the new market uh, over 1200 at Flemington Saturday week, or. Um, three weeks between runs saturday fortnight in the in the galaxy at rose hill so there's a couple options there and hey that if he doesn't uh train on like uh they know that he should well i guess he, he could have a little break and then wait for the winter carnival where i'm sure you know a doom and ten thousand or or uh, the likes could be an option but he he'd, he'd obviously start eight uh eight starts six wins and now one at Group Group 1 level. Um, he's got a very, very bright future on Common James.
1: You were rapt to be, to be standing with Bruce McAvaney, weren't you, on the course? I saw the post-race interview. But not too many Bruce McAvaney's at the Meadows that night where you won a Greyhound race as well. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: exactly, but It was so, so surreal, I'm sure. Any lo- lover of sport um, dreams to have a moment like that um, with Ma- Bruce Bruce. McEvaney, who um, I he's obviously is the is the greatest sports broadcaster of all time. Um, so to to do that, and I, I met Bruce uh, three and a half years earlier at a um, after a Japan Cup meeting. So to obviously when I when I'd seen him at carnivals, when he'd been up here, we'd always um, had a, had a quick chat, and I'd. Um, Oh, it was super surreal. Before we went to air I said to Bruce, I've dreamt of in this moment stand next to you and, and it, was, yeah, it was super it was super special. So uh, it was great. Yeah, there was Bruce there was no Bruces at the at uh at uh, the Greyhounds. But I was gonna say um, the
0: Greyhound won, didn't
2: it? Yeah, look, the Greyhound that I was that I was looking forward to seeing most, um, a dog called Umberto trained by my parents having his third start. Steph and I have a share in him but I got held up, or took yeah, took a bit of time for the presentation, and what I ended up missing the, the race by uh, just over five minutes. So um, he he ran fourth, but they had one other runner left on the night, which we we're able to see, and he won a Group Three for my parents. So it was uh, the cherry on top of a good day.
0: Yeah, hey, awesome, mate. We're so so pleased for you. Wish there for happy birthday. I think the the level of present may just have to have been jumped up a little bit, isn't it? hasn't not its it a Group One present? Well, I can't.
2: Yeah, well, she's um, oh, I I tell her I I I I spoil her with my presence every day. So <laughs> we, um, I, can't, I can't It's one of those things too. I set the bar high now. It's going to get harder each year. So, um, <laughs> but no, she's yeah. Uh, we will have a great day. I'm sure. Uh, good oh, good day,
0: stuff, mate. mate. We're we're so wrapped for you, Ben Thompson. Thank you, mate. We really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck wherever you're headed with Uncommon James now. Thanks, Benny. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks. So let's talk to one of our greatest ever fast bowlers, Heels. Yes. Casperitz, who literally stepped off the plane from Delhi and flew straight
1: to Bundy. Yeah, how did it feel yeah. coming out of the hand in Bundy, Casper?
3: Oh, the, the, out of the hand was fine. It was just the fact that my back was shot, my neck was gone, and <laughs> uh, everything else was so sore, I, I didn't even feel the ball coming out of my hand. It was great. <laughs>
1: uh, that's unreal. Did, did you spend, have you played any game at Indoor? Never. No, i no,
3: never been there. Yeah, so I don't know what to expect there other than um, all the stuff I suppose I read, or you're sort of watching some bit of Twitter and some of our experts, of course, SEN experts over there covering the the test match, um, sort of the the feedback from them. But um, look, I'm going to go out in the limb here and say it's going to be maybe just a little bit green in the middle. Um, Seems to be some of the pictures. But out in the limb, it's going to be a typical Indian. Test match cricket wicket. Yeah, I think,
1: in, I think so. Like it's been. They've only hosted two tests. That was in 2016 and 2019, I think Bangladesh and New Zealand. Uh, five one internationals, three 2020 internationals and nine IPL matches. The Kings 11 Punjab uh, play there at times. So so there's so little known about it, and uh, but it looks quite typical. So what have the Australians got to do, mate? Well, I reckon win the toss. Um, again, again,
3: again the, yeah. The third time, I know it'd be a challenge. But the, um, yeah, I think that even looking at that too, I think the average uh, first innings in those two tests is 353. And for the other statisticians out there, um, the best or the average fourth innings uh, from either side is 150. So um, what that points to is that you don't want to bat last A eh, and you don't want to be chasing more than 150.
0: Can we bounce back from where we're at right at the moment over there?
3: Yeah, I think we've seen that, Paddy, with the Australian team. Look, they've, they've found a way, I think. That's why they've been so successful. And, and even though you can sort of say, oh, let the, they only played the West Indies, I only played you know, South Africa and those things, you're still put under pressure in, in each one of those test matches. That's the beauty of the game. And that's where I just think that they will. They'll, they'll find a way. They'll learn, I think, because they're very experienced. Um, certainly the batting lineup is very experienced. They'll learn from uh, Delhi, that morning in Delhi. Um, and, and, you know, just to adapt and adjust is the way that we sort of, I like to call it, but I heard an excellent term the other day um, around test cricket going in there and it's, each time you're going on, you're playing, um, whether it's a bat or the ball, you're having to, I've always said, adapt and adjust to the situation and conditions. Um, but then I had spoke to someone, um, uh, Grand O'Hara, actually, you know him well. Um, yes, yeah, Yep. He, he yeah, with a bit of a teaching background and some airlines there. He said, problem solving. He said, it's like schools. We want to teach our kids to problem solve. You know, here's a situation, problem solve. And that's, I guess, the theme out of. Delhi where the Australian Korea team were put in a situation
1: and they weren't doing well at problem solving. Mm, do you reckon they'd be fresh? And do you reckon this freshness will help them? So they've had this big break, they've got away a little bit, come back, now they're working hard That and they they p- apparently froze or something in that last, last match in Delhi. They went off plan, the batsmen, and all they had left was sweeping. Th- they can get that right, can they? And can't they? But it's got to be hard work. It's it's hard work that's got to be done.
3: Yep, and places like India, when you tour there, there there's a lot of um, what I call distractions. It's just there's a lot of oh, noise, and you know, it's, it can be, it can irritate you. It can push your buttons in lots of ways. It's just it could be because it's so different. Um, yeah, but I think that's right. They've had a big break. Was it ten days or something? Um, yeah, I think a couple of guys um, went away. I'm sure that uh, there's a few golfers amongst them. I actually saw them in Delhi, actually, uh, the day after. And when I was getting on a plane, um, they were going out to do a bit of golf. So they'll relax in whatever way they can, but guaranteed, they'll be switched back on. Hey, speaking of relaxed, um, I saw a photo of the groundsman. Um, They're talking about the pitch, of course, out there, saying, oh, look, you know, it's got a big green pitch patch in the middle, but in the end, it's quite bare. Oh, I loved it. I think the other person that's looking pretty relaxed was the groundsman. He was rolling the thing in bare feet. Yep. <laughs> he's so, <just> getting <laughs> grounded, mate. So, yeah, grounded, of course. You
1: know, just yeah. <laughs> normally they have the leather sandals on, flat, mm. flat sandals.
0: Hey, I was just flipping through a little bit of uh, Barat here. He's saying that uh, Starkey's reverse in uh, reverse swinging in the nets, which looks good. I mean, well. what difference will he? When, you know, Heels has spoken a lot about him and his the advantages that he offers for Nathan Lyon by scuffing up that side of the wicket. Mm. Uh, but uh, mate, he also brings his own skill set as well, does not he?
3: Yeah, yeah. He's not just in there to, as you said, uh, you know, with his follow through and, and the, the, roughing up that um, little nice little patch outside off stump for the off spinners to bowl when they bowl the right-handers. But you know, that's a that's where I think the stark line combination has worked particularly well for Australia over you know a long time. But, um, but obviously, they've got some pretty handy is Ashwin um, yes. that will be hitting those same patches so that, that's beside the point I think what Mitchell Stark brings to the team um, is he's an attacking bowler he can come in and he cleans up tails, reverse swing 150k an hour um, one of the things I'm excited about this test match is someone fast like him and the way he bowls he'll test out halfway down he'll see how much bounce there is and what I, I guess that, that little bit of green patch I think mm. they call it grass and mm-hmm. uh, um, um, in the middle you know just just force them on the back foot because we didn't see any of that in the first two test matches you what I'm saying just, put, just a, a pull shot or something like that I'm talking about bounces we're talking shoulder height get them on back foot get them thinking about you know do I hook it do I not and when the pitch gets older and the and the bounce gets a little bit variable it's a lot harder shot to play you can stick two men back there you know one it it's attacking because if they want to play it, you hit it. We've got two men back there, it could be a wicket. The other thing, too, it, it's, it's kind of decent, defensive because you've got the bloke out as a sweeper. If, you, if they do flick it mm. off the hip or those type things. And I just didn't see that's what Australia we did so well. We executed, that was our plan in 2004. Um, and we, we executed there. And I just, I even wonder, heels, they come into this test match, the lineup, and sure, Cameron Green's going to be fit too, which you know, if you do sort of like a Stark in for Cummins and obviously he, you know, for his the reasons and valid reasons can't be there. Um, but Green comes in to the middle order now, whether he comes in for a warner and with the changes there. Um, but I don't mind and I'm going out a limit, I suppose. Um, don't take India on in the spin department. We don't eat three spinners.
1: Yeah. And if
3: it's if it's Murphy, then you had a side strain, or if it's Kooneman, um, I can get Bolan in there. The the reason why he's going to build up pressure, his lines, his lengths are perfect. He can actually build up pressure from one end so that then, as we saw with Murphy in that first test, he was able to get wickets um, down the other end because they're not scoring. So we're going to look to do something else against the other end.
1: And without, without Starkey roughing up, his off as well. So it can be done. I think yeah, Shiraz, yeah. Suraj and Shami have been very good at doing what you're saying we need to do, yeah. get get at the body at times. I, David Warner hit the head, broken elbow. He, he was copying everything. So we yeah. probably can dish that out. I thought you were going to say fire up Morris. Do you, mm, do you me reckon, too. Do you reckon he might be a oh, chance if, if it doesn't quite go the right way, this test, uh, Morris for test four?
3: Yeah, I'd love to see that. I think I'd think love to see fast bowlers over there, it's challenging as challenging as it is. Um, yeah, I think that extra pace, and it just depends, I guess, if you see, I think this one, um, Boland, because it will build yes. pressure, and that's what Australia wasn't able to do. Um, when I say that, but he'll still you know, get them through good areas and... You know, shorten them up if he needs to. But, yeah, I like it. And we always do, don't we? We love to see fast ball ripping
1: on. Um, well, AB just, has been saying one spinner, three quicks. That's how we yeah. play our best. Don't yeah. worry about what yeah, you're supposed is. to do in India. And you've got Travis Head to be the second spinner. Manus Lubbershane, third spinner. So, you know, he's... We've uh, we've sort of got past that probably, but he's always said it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Hey, the other thing, too, was that this test match was supposed to be in Darum Shala.
1: Yeah. yeah. Of
3: course, they... Of course, they um, changed it <laughs> mid-series, which I know has done a, a whirl of hurt for people—not um, uh, just the media having to change that and some you know, getting into other fancy hotels—but um, actually, um, <laughs> tourist um, Luty Sparrow. Oh, yeah, right, eh? Um Yeah, I was caught up with him in uh, in both well Delhi, but also the first test in Nagpur. And just the change was just oh, all of a sudden he had about 150 oh. people turning up to Dharam Charlotte. It's a beautiful part of the world that's basically Himalayas, just, you know, all that picturesque sort of like And go see Test cricket, get you there for a start and explore from there. Uh, then they go and change and put them in, in indoor. Mm, so like he's it. been doing his best work, moving things around wow. and trying to help people. And, Get them. Some of them, he even told me, some of them are still going. They're going to Darren Charlotte. I'll watch it on the
0: TV. Watch it on the TV. Hey, Casper, we've got (laughs) to go. I know you're going to join me in the studio middle of the month uh, when Heels is over there. Uh, So we'll have a chat soon, but it's uh, 7.32. We've got to get to the news. Michael Kasperitz, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. You can feel the energy this NRL season as a Gold Coast Titans member. We said it's Titans takeover day here on SEN, Heels. We've got uh, someone from the Titans organisation right the way through all our shows, Queensland and New South Wales today, but we decided just to go straight to the top. Yep. Yep, we're going to the CEO. Steve Mitchell, a very good morning to you.
4: G'day, well, hey, Paddy, how are you? G'day, Heels, great to be here.
1: G'day, Steve.
0: Um, Now, um, really important things first. As a new Burley resident, uh, Heels wants to know whether Khan Pereira will be in the starting side this weekend. Uh, because he's an ex Burley Bears, and of course, Hoppy's
1: sponsor, Burley Bears, mate. So you're we... never an ex Burley Bear, mate. It's like an <laughs> Olympian. <Yeah.
4: laughs>
1: it sounds like he's in. Oh, it's
4: very contentious. <laughs> it is contentious point the Burley Bears on. Um, <laughs> look, I think Loffy's. Um, <laughs> I think Loffy's done a lot. I done enough to get there. It'll be interesting. Justin will name his squad later today, but. Um, and you know, Loffy's um, genuine speed and he's exciting in the way he, you know, performed at Redcliffe and his positioning on the ball. I thought was just amazing. Gives us genuine, genuine top end speed on, on that edge. And um I think he's a really good chance, guys, um, to, to come to hit that that list today and make his NRL debut this weekend.
1: Yeah, Justin was praising his work rate this year, so that that's a good sign too, to go with that speed. Um, now, yeah. everything seems highly anticipated down the Titans, Steve. Do you, you know, get a, a new feeling around the place?
4: Yeah, Hills. there's been, um, well, you know, we haven't played a game yet, so we've got to put everything in context. Um, but the, the guys have had a torrid off season. Um, we made a lot of changes to the back end in our conversations at the back end of last year in regard to conditioning in the squad and the high performance program, what that looked like. And then the addition of, um, you know, some genuine IP and a senior player group and people that you know, bring a some uh, silverware with him. So Verils, Sam Verrills has been you know, he's been a, a really good addition to the squad in the way he's sort of pushing pushing this through the middle, but beyond that just he is the person around the squad setting standards, expectations and his his relationship with the playgroup's been super strong. And then you got Kieran, you know, Kieran Fawn's been fantastic since he started day one. He just wants to work. He's 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 onto everything and he's Enjoying his time with Tino's taking a bit of pressure for Tino too, I think. So mm. there are dynamics in there that I think have really helped lift the mentality, at collective standards of the unit, and then you know just expectations on on hard work and 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 real defensive rigour. So I think you'll I think you'll see a much more um, highly much more conditioned squad this year. That's probably um, a lot tougher defensively. So it's, it's it's the start of a really exciting period, and we we'll, we'll find out this weekend.
0: Yeah. yeah you, you talked about Veralds and Four and, and we've talked about them a lot. Now's the time to perform, but it brings a, a brand new dynamic to that spine, doesn't
4: it? Oh, it really does. If you looked at the way for me as a punter, watching from the sideline, watch the way Sam sorta of brought those brought the middle through, you know, just just those crisp, clean hands and, you know, poking out between the you know, marker and a defender. And then, But the, the real thing with Sam is watching him actually help tie together our defensive principles in and around the middle um, and uh, and just seem to be just loving it, um, really enjoying the contest. So, so that's infectious, I think. And for the, the big guys who are now, I think, probably physically better prepared than they were last year, that's, um, that puts us in, in pretty good shape in, in the middle. But like I said, we haven't played a game yet. so no. everyone's won pre
1: I'd really love to see AJ Brimson be able to settle at... at Fullback, back if that's where it's going to be and and uh you know um what's your name jane Jay- ton boyd no no Jaden Jane, like campbell you know enjoy yeah. that that impact role off the bench but because aj's had oh, five eight and fullback injuries everything and he just he's a better player than that
4: yeah there's a lot to be said about that and i think he's probably running uh, that the um high performance guy's done a lot of, done, guy's done a lot of work on his on his hips this season. He's in good shape and he's running his is probably the best it's been in three seasons and um he's you know, he's floating around the back of if he's sitting around the back of um Bowie Firmer and Kieran Foran and he just pushes up on mm. that ball pretty um you know, uh, yeah, he's um he's got an X Factor about him when he's doing that. And Jaden to your point is a you know he's a great utility and he just comes on and uh, he he just slips slides through a line. So I think you're right, Paddy, but the cases will make that call. Um, I think AJ's excited about the prospects of that happening, though, So, mm. um, uh, and I think that will be the case this weekend, so we'll um, get a chance to watch it, Max.
0: Hey, we had Justin on a, a week or two ago, and he was saying about Dave Fafita, hoping to try and put contract negotiations to bed, you know, in the ideal world, before you play your first game on Sunday. Any update there? Uh, no update, Patty. What I like about Dave is he's working really
4: hard at the moment. I think his trial against Redcliffe is really good. He's doing a lot of the little things that are important off the ball and defensively worked really hard. He's in he's in really good shape. Um, certainly this side of Christmas he's done a lot of work to, you know, get get into his ideal sort of conditioning and playing weight. Um and he looks really happy. So um I think he wants to answer a few questions and that's play good footing. Um, and um and, and a holistic game too, not just his big, you know, block busting running, but actually get his complete game right. Um, and he seems to be <coughs> just talking to him, he seems to be in a, in a good place. So I think all in all, if you're any in any organisation, if your employees are in a good place and enjoying what they do, then they're probably gonna stay with you and you know, we're hoping that's the case.
1: Yes now that is your role isn't it the the <laughs> old front office um it's a, it's been a bit messy in the off season hasn't it uh, do you believe that this rugby league players association MOU or CBA with the commission is close I think it's close yeah god it's been um it's been a journey hasn't it mm. <laughs> on and off but
4: I think it's I think it's really close uh, they, there was um some concessions and compromises made over the last 10 days which I think's got us right towards the back end of actually reaching an agreement and hopefully going to a long form agreement which is I don't think has ever happened. Um and then we're we're currently active with the NRLW as well in, in regard to trying to work out what that roster looks like in our in our cap there also. And I think that's pretty close. But um <clears throat> thankfully we've made some headway. So uh we just need to get that done, get out of the way so we can get on with um get on with the footy, don't we? And yeah. and, and, and forget <laughs> forget about it mate for the next for the next five years, while the while the cycle runs through, but um, I think um, I think the players are, are in a really really good position, given the way, uh, given what they've um, negotiated, and um, you know, moving forward, we have to be careful for the whole of the game that we don't under, undermine some areas of the game from a funding point of view, our grassroots and participation yeah. levels. That you know, that's that's what's going to make the game over the next decade. So we 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 have to be very careful in regard to how much we. We invest there and make sure it's um, comparable to growth. Um, but I think it's finished in a pretty good space. So it'd be nice just to get the detail don't get it locked, forget about it, enjoy the footy.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, look, has it in your mind affected the players, mate? I mean, everyone we talk to, player-wise, from every team. So oh no, no, that's handled at a higher level than us. But when you're talking about strikes, you're talking about how they're handled, post footy, etc. Surely there's something, you know, there's something nagging at the back of their minds as far as players go.
4: It's a good, it's a really interesting point. I would have thought the same, but the play group seems to have been undistracted by it. They've certainly our guys. we can't talk for other clubs. They've got about their work. Um, they've been very respectful in regard to the representatives at their play group. Sammy Sammy Mac and uh, Aaron Booth for you know the RLPA representatives in the club, and they've been fantastic. So they're, they're, the negotiations have been at an arm's length to be quite frank, and our um, player squad's been. I been They've been fabulous. They've, yeah. they've just got to at their work, and they've been, you know, more than reasonable. So you um, couldn't ask, couldn't ask for a better sort of uh, respectful, um, respectful process. To be quite frank, from our players, they've been wonderful.
0: Hey, uh, we have got a little text from Braden here in Perth. Morning, boys. Enjoy the show. Been a Titans member since 08, Living over here in Perth. Looking forward to uh, takeover today. Uh, from the, uh, on SE and from the Titans. So, look, uh, you better give us uh, what sort of, have, have we got a deal on takeover day? Yeah. Well,
4: firstly, g'day Braden and well done, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we'd love to see you out here for a game at some point. Maybe we take a game to Perth. But yeah, I think we've, with the takeover day today, we've got a social membership, which is $50 and you uh, get a full Titans membership uh, merch pack, of course, and, and two tickets to a game of your choice at Seabus. And that could be any of the blockbusters, we get some big teams coming this year. The Rabbits are back, obviously. The Bronx are coming. Redcliffe will come down. When we do Redcliffe, I reckon we'll end up with twenty two, twenty three thousand in the in the uh, in, at Seabus. Uh, St. George are back for the first time in I think four seasons. So a couple of really big Sydney Foundation Club brands. So grab that if you want to come along and become a Titans member with your your merch and your two tickets. And then everyone that joins the Legion goes in a goes in a draw to. Win a five thousand dollar travel voucher from our friends at My Holidays, uh, who are wonderful supporters of, the, uh, of, the, of our club. Um, so we don't want you to go away with the footy season's on, but take it, take it up over Christmas or something.
0: <laughs> oh, you're very <laughs> adept
1: at this. <laughs> yeah. You got a good cricket match somewhere, <laughs> but um, and you've got a you, you've got a four match flexi membership too, haven't you?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, absolutely right. And, you know, giving people's busy lives, there's a flexi membership there you can grab, um, which opens you up to four four games at home. So if you can't make, you know, one of the, one of the 11 at Seabass and we've obviously got a home game up at up at Magic Grand, you can just take something that's a little easier for you and the family and uh, select out of the whole draw the four games that you want to attend. And it might mean that if you can't make all of them, it's a better option for you. So so take that up. Good and stuff. And please join the Legion. we Members, that our membership levels are as high as, as high as they've ever been, but we want to push that a little bit more. And it's about building our uh, building a fortress at home, so that they know when they come here that they're up for a they're up for a hostile crowd. Yeah. we've got a lot of teams here that. Got a lot, we've got a lot of people on the coast that, are, um, that have retired up here. The Titans are their second side, so we want to make them the first side. So Justin's got plenty of support from the bench. Yeah,
0: Good stuff, Legion. You're going to cop a hostile crowd on Sunday at Leichhardt. You've got the Tigers there to start it off. You've got the Dragons away, but your first game at home is a real blockbuster against the Storm, round three, Saturday, March 18, 2 o'clock at Seabus. So much to look forward to for the Titans. Steve Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thanks, Patty. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Hills. Have Steve. a great day, guys. Cheers,
0: mate. I was going to say, if everybody was coming into the studio, this was the day to do it for Pete Bedell, but I don't think too fit. Yeah, given his history with the and and just love of marathon running, etc. I don't think he'd be a McDonald's man at eight thirty-two in the morning.
1: Would that be right, Pete? Do you have it? Do you have a crack? <laughs> Oh, boys, I've smashed a bacon egg muffin
5: many times. Yes, wow. Well, I love it. I, I love live in macros, hope. Then. I must say.
1: I
0: live in hope. That, that, that's music to my ears this morning, mate, to tell you the truth. Why,
5: why do you think I run so much, boys? Yeah. I just do whatever I want. and never put on weight. It's a great, it's a great mix. Good call.
1: <laughs> and, you know, after a little park run. But uh, hospitals have that's them it. in there down the bottom, mate, eh? the bottom of hospitals because they just bring so much joy. Mm. And and the uh, the buns are, <laughs> buns are good.
0: Okay. Well, I think we've just about given. Surely we've done our bit for mackers this morning. Now, haven't we? <laughs> all right. Queensland's number one newsbreaker from the Courier <laughs> Mail, their, their rugby league correspondent, Pete Bedell. Good morning, mate. How are you?
5: Yeah. Good day, boys. It's it's a, what a week. Here we go with the NRL. I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of league fans are out are just as excited. I can't wait, boys. Bring it on. Thursday night. Friday night. Look.
0: <laughs> What level of interest in this whole CBA war, I suppose? We've had Steve Mitchell on this morning. He's very hopeful it's going to be cleaned up and done sort of ASAP. But you know, what, what gauge do you get the public interest in it, Pete?
5: Oh, look, Pat, it's, Look, I don't think the interest is obviously as great as they would be in the stars of the game. But it is, it is an important, a very important bedrock for the game to have a collective bargaining agreement in place, which is basically the terms and conditions for the players that... That play this great game and give us the entertainment that they do. But look, for the general fan, I don't really think they care too much about the the of the actual CBA. I think they just want the footballers to get on the field. There's been talk of strike action. Fans don't want to see that, but they also, I think, would want the players to understand what the working class man goes through. And there's, you know, if you talk to the average Joe to, to tell to tell them that a mineral player will average $400,000 under this CBA. It's a very good salary. And I think the players in some senses have probably not been as aware of the public sentiment as they probably should be. I think there's, there's probably an argument they could be painted as prima donnas in this whole thing. But at the end of the day, guys, it's a billion-dollar sport. They deserve their lick. But ultimately, I don't think the fans really care too much about the, the the CBA. They just want to see their footballers and their stars and their heroes on the field.
1: And, and probably throughout the discussions, they need to hear more than we have in the last month about the whole of game uh, sustainability, not just the top end.
5: It's a very good point heels I mean, this has been the big debate about what percentage of revenue goes to the players. But the players and even the RLPA bosses have to understand that It's actually not their money, essentially. It's it's the NRL's money that comes from two media corporations, News Corp and Channel 9. And ultimately, the NRL can distribute those funds as they see fit. Now, I think the NRL have been very fair in their offer to the players. It's it's the first billion-dollar deal the players will ever see. So they've they've been well and truly rewarded in my eyes. But also, there's there's other fragments and other silos of, of the business that have to be catered for, such as junior development, grassroots, promotion of the game. And, and having not only volunteers who yep. do a wonderful job for the code but people other other stakeholders that are actually paid financially for the services they provide in the lower tiers of the game mm. so it, it's a critical part and, and NRL can't just spend all their money on the NRL players they need to they need to consider what's coming through and provide a solid base so there is a sustainable future for everybody in the code
0: yep I agree entirely and I'm, I'm certain our listeners would have stories of. You know, volunteers basically running the show out in the bush. So yeah, you're right. They've got to be looked after. Hey, all right, let's get down to the the, the nuts and bolts of it. The Dolphins now have Flegler and Farnworth on their books for next year. Yeah,
5: talk about an F bomb, boys. Two F bombs at the uh, the Dolphins. What 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 signings? Flegler and Farnworth. Look, this is. A real blow for the Broncos. I mean, just the optics of it. I know the Broncos are are always a powerful brand. They're the richest club in the league. But the optics of seeing two of their rising stars go to a competitor, a new competitor up the road, to me, that has to ring alarm bells for Broncos management because this could be a domino effect. It could only be the beginning for the Dolphins in terms of pilfering the best talent out of the Broncos. and. Look, guys, for a long time, the Broncos have had a monopoly in South East Queensland. It's been a 25, 26-year monopoly. They've, they've had a lot of talent at their disposal in a region that has about 2.5 million residents. Well, now the Dolphins are incredible. They're a serious threat, and they're only 40 kilometres away, guys, yeah. unlike a lot of the Sydney clubs. So for someone like Tom Flegler, who would have been reluctant to move to Sydney for family reasons, he can now pick the Dolphins up the road, still live where he lives,
1: Okay, but that's an important he's going. point. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a really valid point, I mean, man. that's that's what's ha- happened for years and a great rivalry between Roosters and South Sydney. Yeah. You know, the Roosters are sort of the Bondi region but playing right next to South at Redfern. Yeah. So, yeah, keep going, Pete. Pete, yeah, we just, we just lost you there. But, yeah,
0: you're right, mate. Like, I remember back in the day a move to Sydney w- was massive because there was, you know, a big variation in cost of living and all that sort of thing. But you're right. The, you've got someone right around the corner now.
5: Absolutely, guys. Yeah, sorry, I don't know where you lost me, boys, but I was saying, like someone like Tom Flegler, who he can now live in the same house, drive to a Dolphins training, nothing changes for him. And that's something the Broncos have to be cognizant of now. Their best young talent coming through will be right in the, in the shop front window for another club up the road. And if their systems aren't right, if their football program's not successful, if they're not winning premierships, a la Melbourne and the Roosters, where their players took less to stay, because of the success and the sustainability and the the purpose of those football programs. If the Broncos cannot provide that, they will lose more players to the Dolphins.
1: Yes. And and do they strike you, Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth, as players that will hold things together very well this year before they go?
5: Oh, look, I know he was dealing with those guys. They're, they're ultimate professionals. They are, The NRL these days is a very professional sphere. They'll do their jobs. They'll be, they'll be very good for the Broncos this year. But I guess, guys, if they do get better, it's only going to rub salt into the wounds and, and show the Broncos from close range just what they're losing next year. But I think Herbie's a superstar in the making. I think he's got so much upside is a little bit inconsistent for me, guys. I don't think he's worth yet the money that the Dolphins have paid for him, but there's no doubt he's, he's aggressive, he's big, he's got skill. He can, he can be a mm. prototype front rower. He just needs to sort out his suspensions and his discipline. And if he does that at age 23, he can be a spearhead for the Dolphins for a decade.
0: Yeah, And Farnworth will probably take the number one jersey down there as well.
5: Well, guys, I spoke to Wayne Bennett yesterday, and he just said, Pete, look, I'll, I'll pick Kirby wherever I think he fits. So there's been no promises about the number one jumper. They've got hammer, so the, the hammer there to have yeah. the right for at fullback. He's a quality player. So, look, I'm sure Herbie's happy to play center, wing, or, or fullback. I know ultimately he sees himself as a fullback. And we saw Billy Slater refine his game. I think Herbie can do the same and be a fine fullback for the Dolphins.
0: Hey, we've had Steve Mitchell on the line this morning talking about David Fafita. I know that Justin wanted to try and have this deal done, if it was going to be done by the end of the... you know, before the season started. What's your word? I mean, Steve just said to us, can't give you an update, but said, look, he's very, very happy and healthy where he is at the moment.
5: Yeah, guys, well, the last time I reported on this a couple of days ago, I was told that there were only two clubs that had made a formal offer for Dave. One was the Titans, obviously, the other one were the Raiders. So the Raiders are the major threat at this point. Oh, my mail is that Dave probably won't leave the Titans. I think he's pretty settled there. He's got good relationships with Tanner Boyd and Toby Sexton and Kieran Foran's developed a good combo with him. So he's got some good mates there Tino You know, Malawi was a key factor in getting into the Titans. So I think it would be a shock if Dave left to go to Canberra. Oh, I can't see too many other clubs really taking a risk on Dave at this point in his career with his inconsistency. And I think the best thing for Dave would be to take a pay cut, forget the million dollar pressures, and just focus on a five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar a year deal, and just try and play his best football and, and learn. Because he's only twenty two years old, he's got a lot of upside, yeah. but he doesn't need the money pressures of being the million dollar man.
1: Yeah, there, always be the second most paid, the second best.
0: Paid yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the the pay packet has put him into a. Into a, into a harsh spotlight, but I mean, actually, it's interesting when you say that, Pete, that he's only 22, I mean, he feels like he's it's been amazing. in our consciousness for a long time, doesn't it?
5: it? It does, and you know, it's because he came into the, the NRL so young, I mean, he was 17 when he entered the Broncos program, and I remember he took his shirt off for training, and I wanted to run home, I wanted to get out of there, because it was just embarrassing how fit he was, <laughs> um, but he uh, He's a real talent, guys, and he's still got another 10, 12 years in the game if he gets his body right.
0: We go from penthouse to the outhouse <laughs> right <laughs> the with his phone hook up. there. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, yeah, we've lost Pete David. It's it's time to hit a break anyway. So.